from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. What you're looking at here is something where they can't just roll fresh asphalt over these streets and everything's solved. You're talking about design changes. Yeah, I think one thing that we have going for us, and um, I know this is a focus of the administration in the next round of ARPA funding, um, is to really think about how we do comprehensive planning. How do we improve bus shelters so that people using this city bus system um, have shaded areas to wait. Grand Avenue in particular has continued to be one of the most dangerous places, particularly on the north side. Without slowing the traffic down, uh, you know, it's just going to continue to be an issue as it's been for for many, many years. McCausland is definitely a challenging street, um, but we can imagine what that future would be like when McCausland is a place that is slower, where all of that really dense residential people can get across the street, they go to Olympia without worrying that they're going to get hit. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones recently signed a bill that would designate $84 million to repaving many of the city's most traveled streets. That's something many drivers can attest is desperately needed. St. Louis has potholes the size of lobster pots. And that may make a recent request from the city's citizen-led Community Mobility Committee a surprising one. They want the city to slow down a bit on these plans. And joining us now to explain why is Liz Kramer. She's the chair of the St. Louis Community Mobility Committee. Liz, welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah, and thanks for having us on again to talk about this important issue. Yeah, I mean, I think it is such an important issue. And just to refresh people who maybe didn't hear when we talked to your committee, I guess it was more than a year ago, this is a relatively new committee, became an official advisory committee to the city in March of 2020. It's some interesting timing there. What is the focus of this committee that you chair? Yeah, the Community Mobility Committee is an advocacy and advisory group for the city of St. Louis, made up of residents and people who are are concerned about the way people get around on our streets and on our sidewalks, and especially people walking, biking, taking scooters, going in wheelchairs, taking transit. We really want to make sure that our roads are safe and accessible for everyone who uses them. Is your sense at this point uh, that the St. Louis roads are safe for people like cyclists and pedestrians and, and all these groups you're here to try to represent? No, they are not. And they're not safe for drivers either. So I think one of the things that's really important for us to think about is it's not just that roads aren't safe for people walking or biking. But roads aren't safe for people in cars and people who are driving cars. We've already had double the number of deaths this year in the first quarter, according to TrailNet. Um, So 14 deaths of drivers in addition to three pedestrian deaths just from January to March. And that's even after these previous years have been such high years. It's not like we're coming off of like some low water mark and now, oh, these numbers are back up. These numbers were sky high. They seem to only be getting higher. Yes. Well, so that leads us to this letter that your committee sent to the mayor. And this was somewhat in response to this board bill 184 that authorizes all this street work. A lot of people were really excited about this street work. What about this allocation caught the committee's attention? Yeah, so... We're really excited to see some of the ways that uh, Mayor Jones' administration and the city of St. Louis are putting the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan Act funds, forward to improve our city, and particularly to repave streets. Uh, Dangerous streets are dangerous for everyone. Um, But some of the streets that are highlighted in that first round of funding 
don't have plans to improve pedestrian infrastructure, bicycle infrastructure, or bus infrastructure along with them. And when we think about how we want to see mobility infrastructure improve in the city of St. Louis, we want a really comprehensive approach. And I think one of the tensions that you kind of brought up is we want this to happen now. We don't want to wait. Um, and at the same time, when we have this incredible, I think the mayor's been calling it a down payment, an investment in our future, we want to make sure that we make the most of that investment and think comprehensively about not just repaving, but how can we create um, ADA accessible crosswalks? How can we have bike lanes that people truly want to ride on um, and that are really improving the experience and calming the traffic on our streets? So with that sense of urgency, I mean, how do these things fit together? Because what you're looking at here is something where they can't just roll fresh asphalt over these streets and everything's solved. You're talking about design changes. Yeah. I think one thing that we have going for us, and um, I know this is a focus of the administration in the next round of ARPA funding, um, is to really think about how we do comprehensive planning. And some of that in the city is going to happen at a neighborhood level. But we do actually already have a lot of great planning that's happened in different neighborhoods and communities, including downtown. Um, And we also have a lot of traffic studies that have already been done. So some of what we want to see is how those things can really be integrated into the, okay, we have this operations and maintenance, we have to fill these potholes. And also, how can we learn from the studies that we've already done and quickly implement some traffic calming infrastructure that will really improve things? And I, there's sorry. a lot that's already going on. So we're really excited about that. I imagine some people are saying, why do these things have to be related? I, I share your, your desire for calmer streets. I just want these potholes filled now. Yeah, I I think this is the <laughs> this is a big tension, but it's a lot of money going to, uh, towards these streets, and some of the kinds of traffic calming improvements that we might put in are things that can be much more efficiently put in if they're done at the same time as that fresh off- asphalt going down. So we want to make sure that those improvements are happening for everyone, uh, and you know. It's it can be really hard to wait, um, but we're hoping that the mayor can work closely with her team in order to figure out how do we make this happen in a in a timeline that's reasonable for everyone. We're talking today to Liz Kramer, who's the chair of the St. Louis Community Mobility Committee, and we want to hear from you. Do you think the city should hold up on some of this repaving so that it can put together uh, plans that'll make these streets calmer, deal with things like better crosswalks, and deal with things like like bump outs, things that'll keep these these big fast roads from being quite so dangerous? Or do you think the city needs to move ahead? Uh, our phone number is 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. So some of these streets slated for resurfacing in this round, we're talking about Grand, Kings Highway, Jefferson, Union, and Goodfellow. These are some streets um, that have played prominently in some of the reports that have gone on about dangerous streets. In our community, TrailNet has really highlighted, here are some of these intersections. Here are these roads where bad things happen. These roads are familiar. These are some of the most dangerous in the city. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think Grand Avenue in particular has continued to be one of the most dangerous places, particularly on the north side. Um, that being said, there are some really great improvements coming to Grand as part of the Brickline improvements um, that Great Rivers Greenway is spearheading. So when I think about some of these streets, some of the priorities for me are really Goodfellow, Kings Highway, and Jefferson, um, places that have pretty high volume and very high speed because they're really wide streets. So even though they might not show up as the place that has the highest numbers, 
um, they are places that, that we know are dangerous to, to residents and people who are just trying to get around. So there is a lot of talk in the city these days about the importance of equity and looking at how things affect black residents. Um, Trailnet has done some great reporting about how a disproportionate number of the crashes that they've chronicled occur in black and other marginalized communities. Do you see this as something important for the city to be thinking about when it's looking at issues of equity, even as we're talking about road repaving? Absolutely. Uh, And I think one thing I think about is that there was just a pedestrian fatality in Southwest City this week. This Um, was right near Ted Drew's. Exactly, right near Ted Drew's. And what we sometimes see happening, because we have so much that needs to be improved, is that we have a reactionary approach. So Southwest City is a predominantly white part of the city that actually has had a lot of improvement, um, not particularly on that stretch of Chippewa, but in other parts of um, the neighborhoods around it. But when we put our focus there, that means that we are not necessarily thinking comprehensively about where are some of those most dangerous places um, where people might not, there might not be pedestrian fatalities or injuries because people aren't even walking there. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes the data is hiding that people are doing something else to get around the other side. Um, So for us in our committee, we talk a lot about how important this is as a racial equity issue um, so that people have safe transportation. And we know, uh, and I know you covered this a couple of years ago, um, but there have been numbers, many numbers of kids who have been injured and killed. Uh, And so that for me is something that's particularly important kids and older adults are some of our most vulnerable road users, and they're disproportionately injured um, and killed because of the danger that they're put in because of our infrastructure. So your committee put all this in a a short but very pointed note uh, to the mayor. Basically, here's a quote from this. Surface repaving alone will not resolve the danger. With these once-in-a-lifetime funds, the time is right to make our streets safer for transportation users of all ages and abilities. Have you heard back from the mayor since you sent this off? We haven't heard back from the mayor, um, but I did have the opportunity to participate in one of her roundtables about the second round of ARPA funding, where we brought brought up some of these same issues and how they're going to be committing ARPA funds going forward. We're also really lucky to have some really incredible city staff who work closely with our committee and have been very committed to this effort um, from, from the beginning. One of the things that we also pointed out in the letter was about some upcoming Department of Transportation funding that's uh, called Safe Streets and Roads for All. It's the first time the DOT has offered funding for comprehensive transportation planning and has said no death is acceptable on our roads. Hmm. We really have to figure out how we make all of our streets and roads safer. So that's something we'd really love the administration and the staff to take forward because I think that's an exciting opportunity to receive support to do this work we know we need to do. So from this uh, this roundtable that you participated in, do you think the mayor gets these issues? I mean, it, you know, she's obviously a very smart person, but I know when I talk to people about this issue, I see a lot of people who they haven't thought about the design part at all. Do you think she's she's there? even if she's not yet ready to respond and give you what you want in response to this letter. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I love about our committee is that the folks who participate in it have so many different interests and they understand that we're making this very delicate balance, that transportation is not the only thing we're focusing on. We're talking about housing, we're talking about economic development, we're talking about jobs, but transportation is the thing that connects all of those pieces. So for us, and and part of what I asked for in this roundtable was to see how we can have mobility, walking, biking, and transit really integrated into all these priorities the mayor is focusing on in a really complex time when we have a lot of needs in our city. Um, So her systems approach um, and the way that the city thinks about systems, I think is so critical to improving transportation infrastructure and safety for everyone.
I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Brian is calling from St. Louis. Brian, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm a resident of Tower Grove South. I'm in a Missouri native, and I completely support Liz Kramer's initiative to sort of tie uh, street diets and pedestrian safety and making safer streets with this um, improvement for city streets. And Liz, one thing that I would maybe think about is um, lower income population, elderly population that has to rely upon the city public transit. Um, I see a lot of people who are, you know, waiting at bus stops who are waiting in the summertime in sun, who are affected by heat impacts. So to, I think, increase pedestrian safety, um, especially for uh, residents who cannot drive, is look at how do we improve bus shelters so that people using this city bus system um, have shaded areas to wait. Again, I see elderly people standing out in the sun, and it looks really um, detrimental to them. Brian, um, I think you make some great points there. Um, and I know author Angie Schmidt, who has really written about a lot of these bad design problems, you know, she says we're really failing these public transit users by not making it possible for them to be able to cross these incredibly busy thoroughfares. Uh, Liz, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the point that Brian is bringing up is really an interesting intersection here in St. Louis, where we, Metro and Bi-State, are separate from the city of St. Louis, and they work in coordination in order to manage both the bus stops and also the sidewalks and the crosswalks that surround them. And I want to give some big props right now to the Metro planning team um, led by Brian Rogers, who are doing some really interesting work to think about how we think comprehensively about bus stops and address um, our improvements of bus stops in the long term using an equity lens. So I think some of the things that, that this Brian brought up in his call are something that Metro is really thinking about. I think we also have an opportunity to ask people who are investing in our neighborhoods and communities, developers, commercial businesses, to also make that kind of investment in Mm -hmm. our bus stop infrastructure um, and ensure that with every project that we have implemented, we really have a good high quality bus stop with a seat and a shade and an ADA accessible uh, crosswalk somewhere really nearby so that people can actually use our our robust transportation infrastructure. Yeah, it does feel like the absolute least (laughs) we could do there. Brian, thank you for that call. Great to hear your perspective. Let's go back to the phone lines. Jim is calling from St. Louis. Jim, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I love your show. And thank you. Thank you for the work, Liz, that you're doing, especially in terms of speaking to uh, transportation issues in a holistic approach in terms of um, how you look at the, the issue. I'm an architect and uh, live on uh, the McCausland um, uh, Avenue for over a decade, um, live and work here, and I know we're talking with the aldermen and some local folks about a way to calm traffic um, on this dangerous and uh, heavily trafficked street, and had a little pushback from some folks at the city, but I, I know that a lot of DOT current studies are all about you know slowing traffic down, giving respect to neighborhoods, and actually, once that's done, um, traffic has many ways of resolving itself uh, in addition to lessening uh, road repairs and mm-hmm. there's been some uh, fatal accidents on this street. Um, there's, a, there's an accident probably every once a month or so just down 
Yeah, um, I mean, Jim, it sounds like this is a street that really has some problems, but you said you're getting some pushback um, from City Hall. The neighbors aren't necessarily feeling like, like people are responsive to these concerns. Uh, the neighbors are, are all for it. We're, it's just a difficult situation because it's that main connector between 44 and 40 here. Mm. Um, and uh, without slowing the traffic down, uh, you know, it's just going to continue to be an issue as it's been for, for many, many years. Jim, Jim, thank you for sharing that perspective. And Liz, I'm sure you hear from people around the city who are like Jim. They support what you're doing and they're frustrated trying to make change in their individual neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, transportation change, especially infrastructure change, is so slow. We have both the cultural change and then also how long it actually takes to build infrastructure. And what Jim's talking about is really both of those things together. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, some of that really has to do with a mindset. And so what I heard Jim say is that his neighbors are really for this. And sometimes the pushback we get is from the neighbors. For sure. Who don't want the cars slowed down. They don't want their, they don't, they want their special parking, whatever the thing is. So that's the start of what will be the cultural change that will eventually, I hope, lead to the actual infrastructure. Um, so I just want to encourage Jim and his neighbors that oh, McCausland is definitely a challenging street. Um, but we can imagine what that future would be like when McCausland is a place that is slower, where all of that really dense residential people can get across the street. They go to Olympia without worrying that they're mm-hmm. going to get hit. Um, I think that that's, that's something we can look forward to and continue to advocate for. So, Liz, we've been talking about uh, this request to slow down this project. Um, Our producer, Danny Wisentowski, reached out to the mayor's press office. He got a statement from her spokesman. um, Quote, St. Louis should be a place where drivers, pedestrians, and bikers can feel safe on our roads and sidewalks. The Board of Estimate and Apportionment recently approved $250,000 towards a citywide traffic calming and pedestrian safety study. It's working on a Calm Streets project on Louisiana to improve bike and pedestrian safety. We were glad that the community Mobility Committee accepted the invitation to join Mayor Jones' Neighborhood Transformation Community Roundtable last week. We appreciate their input on how best to use the remaining ARPA funds in the years ahead. Uh, He adds that residents have another opportunity to be heard tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. at Merrimack Elementary School to make their voices heard. So she's not committing to slowing down this project here, but it also doesn't seem like she's shutting the door. Are you hopeful that you can kind of continue to press on this issue and that maybe some of these streets that are going to get these these big uh, repavement that this could be something more holistic. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really hopeful, I think, both in the statement that you just read and also the other things we've heard from the mayor's team, that they're thinking comprehensively going forward. We know there's time limits on the ARPA funding. We know that things have to get going. Um, and also that we have a lot of streets to improve here in St. Louis. And so we're looking forward to that comprehensive approach going forward. Well, Liz Kramer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. And Liz is the chair of St. Louis's Community Mobility committee. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. This podcast was mixed and edited by Avery. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? 
suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.